This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott and Dan are making it lots of fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're going to keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh, yeah. Hey, folks. Welcome back to another exciting and fantastic episode of your fabulous learning nerds. I'm Scott Schutte, your host. And with me, the man, the myth, the legend, Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. Dan, how you doing this week? I'm I'm doing our, the myth, the myth. We've we've moved to the myth now. Well, I, uh, you you don't like anything else that I've called you. You know, well, what I'm I mean, you know, it's it's I'm terrible at self promotion. That is definitely not my bad. I am not <laughs> terrible at promoting you, sir. Um, oh, matter of fact, thanks. I think our drop that I've got for you, just the plain Dan the man, we may need to. Uh, enhance that next week. Like next week. Oh no! Next no. week there may be, folks. Next week there may be a little bit enhanced Dan Coonrod drop because I'm we so love afraid. him. I, you're I'm bringing so the knowledge, man. You're bringing <laughs> you're bringing the knowledge every week. Even you know, a little behind the curtains. Uh, you were ill last week with our fabulous discussion with Lisa, and I didn't even know you were just bringing it. And I, you even say, "What well, did you have a bucket next to your desk?" I it, I was pretty ill. I don't want to go into any of the gross details, but uh, but I was looking forward to that conversation all week, and so yeah. there was like there was no way I was gonna miss that. It Come was a hell or high water. Yeah, yeah, and so buckets help when uh, <laughs> when you want to be part of a conversation and you don't want to miss it. But we're gonna have an equally as scintillating and dare I say fun conversation because folks, we have a special guest with us in studio, albeit remote. Uh, also a, a legend in his own time, uh, Mr. Glenn Brumley, everybody. Hey, how you all doing? Glenn. What's up, Glenn? All right, first off, Daniel, you're not a myth. Dan's not Thank a myth. Thank you. I'm pretty real. Yeah, you're definitely not a myth. You are more like a disease. Oh, my it's God. Like a oh, my gosh. That I'm hurts feeling so the love. bad. I am feeling the love in this show already. Uh, and Scott, thanks for having me on the yeah, show. Yeah, not a problem. Normally, <laughs> oh, I see how it normally is. I'm the smartass. The only smartass on this show is me. But now we have two. Dan, you're in big trouble. I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm in big yeah, trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would go to the mailbag, but we still don't have any mail. Uh, so please, folks, if you want to participate, please, please, please participate. Email us at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. We'll be sure to read it. We're, that 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 email is waiting. Um, yeah, I may, please do. I may have like to at this point, people. 
It's just a matter of time for it happens. The bubble bursts. You're going to flood out. Yeah, and then we're going to email us about lots of stuff. No, seriously, we want you to participate. But because we don't have any email, we can get right into the great stuff. And uh, let's start off by learning all about our fabulous guest uh, with a little segment we call What's Your Deal? Hey, man. What's your deal? I'm loving the back music. Thank you so much. Hey, we did it just for you. I recorded that just for you today. Glenn... What's your deal, man? Yes. Uh, well, uh, I'm actually I'm actually a retired firefighter. Um, I retired uh, from uh, up in New Jersey. Came down here, put on sixty pounds, and went. Yeah, I got to get a job, and ended up moving to uh, to work for uh, where Dan worked, and uh, started out on the floor. And within what some ridiculous amount of time, it was short too. I ended up getting onto the uh, the training staff. As uh, the on, uh, the ongoing education education edu- uh, ongoing education trainer, which was basically nothing, I did nothing. I walked around and, and did nothing, and then I finally moved into the training staff and started teaching. So I, I did that for quite some time. Uh, now, uh, now I work for uh, an EMS organization that will remain unnamed. Awesome. So, um, an, a retired firefighter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you get out of firefighting? That's you know that's one of those things. As a kid, I wanted to be, and you got to be one. So tell us a little bit about well, that. That's really cool. Ah, it was the greatest job on the planet. Uh, I actually became a firefighter because I stole a school bus. Gotta let that sink in for yeah, a second. Yeah, you can't, you can't just let that like sit. You gotta. There's gotta be follow up there. Uh, no, the follow up to that. So I, what happened when I was a when I was younger? I uh, a buddy had bet me and dared me I wouldn't skill, steal a school bus, and I did. So when I went in front of the judge, obviously instead of taking my license away and giving me all this aggravation, he gave me a obscene amount of community service and uh, placed me in a firehouse every Saturday washing fire trucks. When I uh, I watch these guys going in and out, I'm like, this is a great job, man. These guys are nuts. And uh, there's this little screw in your head where reason is uh firefighters they don't have that it's it's not even connected uh so you know when i turned 18 i actually ended up joining the department i had 51 or 52 letters of recommendation because of all the guys that i met through this whole washington fire trucks and the community service thing uh, i loved it it's the greatest job in the world i did some of the stupidest things i've ever done before in my entire life uh, i would i wouldn't change it for the world i found out about gravity it's one of the reasons why I'm retired. Uh, I ended up falling from a second story into the basement quickly. Uh, again, you find out that gravity, it's not just a law. It is. It is. Uh, it hurts. And uh, when they were loading me into the ambulance, I ended up having a heart attack. So that's what ultimately retired me from being on, on an engine. What I ended up doing was I ended up working at the academy in the training department as a training officer. So that's that was my touch in the training totally different world uh you know when you're in a paramilitant organization like like you know the military or police or fire uh you can you can speak your mind without without ramification uh, in corporate lifestyle not so much uh you can't turn around and say i'm gonna throw a chair at you they don't take that well <laughs> well i mean so were you on the were you on the lines like turn on the 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 building on fire and then um you know, judge judge the crew as to how fast they put that out or how well they work together as a team. What were what were some of those things? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, some of the stuff that we did, uh, we had um, we had a three-story structure that was uh, connected to a propane system. So I could control temperature. I could control, control fire, the fire itself. What we would do is we would load it full of hay, uh, dry and wet hay, to give you that smoke, the smoke aspect of it, so that the crews would go in and, and they would go into an actual smoked-out facility. And then we can obviously take the fire, and, and as they're, you know, if this is if it was being a commercial, a fire would be X amount of degrees. If it was an industrial, we could make it a little hotter. We can make the flames bigger, uh, and that's what we did. We we would stand in there and let them go in as crews and and, tra and train them obviously, and then actually grade them on what they were doing. You know, uh, some guys are were got really good at it. Some guys didn't make it out of the academy. So let me ask you this question, mm. honestly. Did you try to make it as tough as you possibly could? I did. I, I wanted to make it. Uh, the guys that trained me were psychos. <laughs> um, they, they, I, there's no other word. I can, like, seriously, I don't even have a word. I swear, I, I have no word except for psychos. These guys were, were, I'm pretty certain they weren't even born. They were grown in a little Petri dish, and, and they just automatically came out. They had a bushy beard, and they all they knew how to do was fight fire. So the guys that taught me taught me a very old school, old school kind of style. Um, understanding building construction, understanding the actual science of the fire. So there's kind of like this weird little, um, weird little little myth out there that that fire is not a living, breathing organization or organism. It is. I don't care what you tell me. I've seen it follow me. Uh, I've seen it fight me. I've seen it uh, hide. So, I mean, as much as it, it is just a chemical reaction, it, it really is a living organism, too. So those guys are, taught me how to do it. So when I went into this, I wanted to honor them, A, and B, I wanted to teach that style. You know, that uh, use your brain. You know, that's the most important thing out there. You, don't, you can be as strong as you want. That doesn't mean anything. You need to use your brain. You need to know when it's time to get out. What it what the what it's looking like. What the structure's looking like. The fire's looking like, and yada yada yada. That that's awesome. And, and oh, by the way, kudos to you because I I believe you do people a disservice when you make it easy, right? So in the military military training, you know when they do um, training on how to handle urban combat, all that stuff. Those guys are insane as well, and they do everything my understanding they do everything to make it as difficult and as realistic as possible because it because when they leave that training those folks have to be ready for the real thing right glenn i absolutely i think um anytime you're dealing with where uh, your life is in danger or you're placing your life or someone else's life like you know your partner or something like that i think you should make it complicated i think it should be incredibly hard because it forces you to strive that extra step to reach for that extra bar. Uh, and that's a big thing. Um, you, you find out what kind of person you are when uh, you, you feel like you've been beaten to a pulp and you have a, you know, your training officers telling you, no, you can do this. You know, you can, you can, uh, you can do this. Like, I'll give you a quick example. <clears throat> Excuse me. I hate heights. Uh, I'm a fat kid. I don't like heights. I, I like nothing about them, but one of the rite of passage if the academy was climbing a 58 or 48 foot wooden ladder yeah i'm out straight up <laughs> you know and you're like okay i'm this is my last class i won't be going any farther and and i remember very distinctly i remember my training officer yelling at me you know telling me that i could do it telling me to find that that uh that next level and uh and surprisingly i did 
Uh, I also had to change my underwear, but at <laughs> least I found that next time. Glenn, that, that's amazing. And honestly, thank you. You know, even though it sounded like it was a, how many years were you, uh, you were you a uh, 20? How many? Solid oh, 20. wow. Okay, great. Well, a great, again, thank you for your service. I used to, in my career, I did um, fire alarm installation training and we spent the a good part of day one with installers, right? And these guys are doing what they need to do to prevent fires, right? First part of day one was all about, hey, why is this important? So I totally get the living, breathing creature kind of a thing. But I wanted to make sure those- It's incredible. Yeah, I wanted to make sure those installers had a really good understanding as to their importance, right? So their importance is to help prevent that kind of stuff and and save lives too. And the utmost Mm -hmm. respect for you and all the other first responders out there. I, I just think that's fantastic. Thank you. They don't get enough credit. A lot. No, they don't. Okay. Well, Glenn. Yes, sir. We're going to go ahead and uh, with your permission, let's go ahead and get into the topic of the week, which I'm super stoked for. Are you ready? All right. Today, th- folks, this is a very special episode um, and one I think we will come back to many times for today is our first installment of Epic Training Fails. <laughs> Um. Uh. Dan ever experienced a training fail, sir? Dude, like the first the first month of my training experience is a training fail. I've been so looking forward <laughs> to to this like this topic. So man, man oh man. I was I was in my first class. And I had decided I, was, I want to be a trainer. 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 And uh, the guy who got me into training, the guy who said, yeah, let's pick Coonrod. Let's get him in here. Uh, it was my first week. My class has taken their first test, and every human in that class failed. Every person failed that first test. And he was like, well, how do you explain this? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, well, cool. You've got one week to find an answer and then and fix it. You have to do both because they're going to take another test. And if everybody fails that second test, well, it'll be you failing this test. And I was like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And oh, my God. God bless every one of those human beings who were in my first class. If, if you're listening to this. I heart you. I heart you all, and I apologize from just from the deepest, deepest depths of my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got similar stories, um, but I would love to hear um, where uh, Glenn's starting out. Like, I, I, I'm sure that you've you've got some, and I hope you have some prepared. Like, what are some of the nightmares that um, you had to deal with uh, as a learning professional? Oh, oh, that was bad. <laughs> uh, when I um, uh, when I started with the with the fire department and I went into the training officers program in the fire department, I thought I was Arlie Ermy from Full Metal Jacket. Uh, not quite, nowhere near it. Uh, you don't have to be that hardcore. Uh, so I, I took, I got hammered. I got hammered really bad. And when I came into uh, Samsung. 
that was even worse because I was I was taking the mentality of you know I'm just gonna stand here and uh, I'm gonna speak my mind and I'm gonna tell you exactly how it is and and literally five minutes later I've got the head of, of human resources coming in going y- you can't say that you know that right I'm like why not I, I don't understand you know um, I, I was horrible uh, my boss was like hey you know anything about home appliances i'm like yeah absolutely i didn't know jack about home appliances uh so i literally had to teach myself that real quick i was i was a horrible uh, i got labeled hulk hulk smash that that's and that's that's coonrod's fault that's all dan's fault not really uh because you know i'm the one who was like let's just throw a chair at people let's see what happens uh because this guy is a monkey if he doesn't get it straight i'm gonna kill him so that was that was my level i was horrible in the beginning well, I think we all go through that, right? So we, I, I think, like the first time you got to get up in front of folks, and you got to talk about something, um, that's that's pretty nerve wracking, um, you know. And you learn a lot about humility and and the power of humility, yes. at least for me. Oh, absolutely. Right? Uh, when I was training fire alarm installation. I know. I listen. I came from a retail background. Twenty years in retail. I, I go into teach these installers how to how to put uh you know alarm systems together and all that good stuff and i am fully 100 percent relying on the material behind me that's it like and you know and i've got a safety net my boss is in the room he's the safety net right in the back so when these guys threw something at me i had to be able to toss it either right back at them right with the, that's a great question. Hey, everybody, who can help us out? Which is a great, you know, that uh, that uh, toss back to the, to the room is a real nice trick that you learn. But I, I remember that first couple of weeks being on the road training these guys who were, you know, geniuses. And and they're all uh, they're all snipers, too. Do you guys know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. they're all trying to make you they look stupid. Patiently. And, yes. Yeah. And, and they would say or after you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But but did you learn anything today? Well, yeah, but you know, so I mean, there there is that level of humility uh, involved, especially the first time you were there. You know, you it, it was. You go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, um, you you see, like uh, I'll give you an example, like uh, my my a friend of ours who was our boss at the time, he would just sit in the back of the room and he'd be typing and doing content, and whatever whatever was going on at a particular moment, and now here I am teaching a class, and you start to tell by the tempo of him typing how much I was jacking up. So it started out with me like all subtle little typing. And by the end of like halfway through it, you look like he's on a typewriter doing a novel and he's just looking up me sweating. I'm like, Oh, this is bad. I'm getting fired today. It's not going to pin. Well, <laughs> I, uh, you know, you, you know, I'm right. <laughs> you, you, Scott, you talked about like that, that pass back, like throwing it back. I want to say it was my third or fourth class before I learned that skill. I got so crazy obsessed with like having to answer, having to answer because as like a learner, uh, like, dude, I was, you guys called it sniper. It's actually the first time I've heard that term. Uh, I was, I was one of those snipers. I was, I was a terrible, terrible student because like I wanted to know. That's why I was sitting in a classroom. And if you didn't know, then what are you doing in front of the classroom? And so like that fear followed me when I entered the training space. And so people would be like, well, what about this? And I'd be like, you know what? Let's go look it up together. Like, I, like, I was never afraid to say I don't know, but I was afraid to not get an answer. And 
I can remember so many different people being like, why are you letting this class squirrel you? Why are you letting them like take you on a trip? Like you've got to like pass that on, put it on a whiteboard, put it in a parking lot, do something with it, but throw that question away and stay on target. You can come back to it if it's super important, but most times it's not. And man, I remember like my first class, somebody told me that and I was like, what do they know? Second class, like I'm spending an extra like hour, hour and a half, like researching so I can answer all these questions that these guys are going to throw at me. And like, I'm just like dying. Like I'm, I'm, it's, it's an hour drive to the office. It's an hour drive back home. I'm teaching for eight hours. I'm doing paperwork for another 90 minutes. I'm Googling for another 90 minutes. I didn't see my wife or my kid. And I'm like, oh man, there's got to be a better way. And like, yeah, don't answer those questions. Put them in the parking lot and come back to them. All right, no. Time out. Like you are talking a very important concept. And I want to make sure that everybody knows what you're talking about. Because I, I guarantee you that a lot of folks don't. So could you please explain what a parking lot is oh, and 100%. how you use it? Because I'll tell you straight up, I'm gonna, I have a training fail with the parking lot story that I, that I want to tell you about. But go ahead, explain, explain what a parking lot is and, yes. and how to use one. Yeah. Okay. A parking lot is this. Somebody throws a question at you and you don't have an answer handy. Maybe you do have the answer, but it's not quite formed, or you don't want to break your flow. For whatever reason, you don't want to touch that question right now. So you go, that's a great question. What I'm going to do is I'm going to write it on the whiteboard, or I'm going to put it in our parking lot. I'm going to write this question down someplace where the whole class has access to it. Whether that's on a whiteboard, whether that's in a chat service, whether that's in person, virtual, whatever that looks like, this question is now accessible to everybody. It's in the parking lot. My promise to you as a trainer is, as soon as I have that answer, I'm going to answer that question. If I've got time, I'll answer it in front of the whole class. But if we don't, that answer will appear underneath that question, and I will call it out. Hey, guys, I took time last night. I answered that question. Here it is. This is the quick version of it. If you'd like to know more, look up there. In the meantime, let's get back to the task at hand. Holy crap. Did that take me such a long time to learn? Such a long time to learn. It, why, why did it take you such a long time to learn? Oh, man. Because uh, as a trainer, everybody as a trainer develops their, their thing, their shtick. Right. Um, my, oh, and not the truth. Uh, it's, it is. My training shtick is the well-meaning but bumbling know-it-all. <laughs> and I mean, cause I mean, that's not far from who I am in real life. God bless my wife and kid. And uh, <laughs> oh, you're the She's myth and the legend, sir. Continue. <laughs> and so part of that is like, I gotta have these answers. I gotta have these answers. And I would get hit with questions that I didn't know the answer to. And my sense of right and wrong wouldn't let me just throw BS out there. Because I'd seen trainers who had done that. And that is the lowest of the low. That's no blame. Yeah, I got a training fail story about that. I don't know if we'll hit it this time. But eventually, it involves tablets, static electricity, and socks. But, <laughs> but I wasn't able to give that up. Because, like, I needed to know. And if somebody threw me a question that I didn't know, we talked about this before the call. When we, you were like, hey, man, like when I've got a problem, I've got my teeth in it, and I can't let it go. It's the same thing with questions. And, dude, it took multiple people saying, 
You are not a good trainer until you can stop doing this. And when the first person told me, I just went, they're wrong. When the second person told me, I was like, maybe this company's wrong. It took the third person who worked at a different company telling me, but I was like, man, maybe I'm just being boneheaded and arrogant. Hmm, let me think on that one for a minute. And then, so I finally gave it up. And I cannot tell you overnight what a better trainer I became when I was like, I'm just going to use the parking lot. Glenn, when did you first discover the glories of the parking lot? Ooh, uh, I would say that had to be probably my second class. Uh, my first class, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Uh, I was making stuff as I was going along, literally. Uh, my shtick was was one part stand-up comic, one part WWE wrestler. So I figured if I couldn't make them laugh, I would terrify them, and they would do it as I said anyway. But, uh, yeah, it's... It, Took a second. It took to probably the second class when I realized to utilize the parking lot. Do um, you change your flow? Like that was a huge thing. Like you control your flow as a trainer. You, they don't control. Like a, a, a class doesn't control it. You control it, and, and how you choose to to go is on you. I mean, um, so for me, it was I, I tried to keep things rolling pretty heavy for about uh, up to about ninety minutes, and then it'd be like, all right, cool, let's let's take a break, you know. Uh, stuff like that and questions i would use that during the breaks to answer a lot of questions uh, it worked out better for me that that was something that worked out best yeah so i can't remember exactly when i learned about the great thing that we call the parking lot but i i loved it and you're right it allows you to control the flow of what you're doing because so many times someone's going to ask you a question and if you're doing day-long trainings like i would do a week-long training i know when that topic's coming up and if I answer that question now, it's going to mess everything up. It's going to confuse my audience. Um, we're going to come back to it later. So, hey, listen, if it's okay with you, let's go ahead and we're going to write this down on the parking lot. And then when I come back to it later today, um, we'll see if we answer your question. Is that okay? Right? I always had to get those kind of answers. Is that okay? And it always worked. It always worked. And then for those techie questions that, man, um, Hey, if it's snowing on a Tuesday and uh, this circuit goes bad, you know, wh what do we replace it with? Well, I, I have no idea. But I've got really smart friends up in Minneapolis that I could call that would give me that exact answer. Let's write this down. We'll get back to it on uh, tomorrow, right? And and of course, I get the answer, and we, we you know we come back to it. Uh, and it was one of those check boxes at the end of the class. You know, hey, did we talk about this? We talk about this. We talk about this. I can't tell you when I started. Um, doing technical training, you know, in that very class, I remember I was I was observing the class for the first time. One of my peers, and they had no concept of it, no concept of it of a parking lot whatsoever. And it and, and you know a lot of a lot of learning professionals will do this. They'll go right down that rabbit hole. And answering questions is a very comfortable thing to do if you're an expert. So a lot of times in technical technical training, they don't hire professional trainers. They hire the best tech you know, installers and whatnot. And then they learn how to train. And I remember sitting in the back of the class, we spent like two hours just getting way off track, asking questions. And when everything was done, I just went up to this person and went, hey, uh, have you ever heard of a parking lot? No, what's that? And so this concept of a parking lot to them <laughs> was just completely foreign. And so, okay, here's what we're going to do tomorrow. We're going we're gonna to take this white piece of paper. And I always drew, you know, the no parking uh, car, 
That's supposed to be a back of a car. I always do that on yeah. my parking lot and wrote parking lot and put it up there and everything. I'm like, so I did that. Here, we're going to use that. And they never used it. And so, we, I, you know, as a, as, as a master trainer in that area, I, I, I worked really hard to instill that into them. And once people get it, they're like, wow, you know, it's like having an automatic car versus a manual car. Like I, I can drive and not worry about shift. Okay, great. Right. So fantastic. We probably spent far too much time on the parking lot, but if you've never used one folks, holy crap, um, you need to start using one. Um, no, no, those are, those are great. Those are absolutely great. If you do it right too, and, and you can utilize it, they'll actually, you'll get your students to go up and actually put the questions in the parking lot. It's like laziness at its finest. <laughs> you know, you, you you put it like, hey, you know, is it a question? Put it in the parking lot, and you watch them get up and do it. I'm like, oh, man, I'm really getting on to this. Dude, yeah, actually, that reminds me. It reminds me of something that, like, I've told trainers I've worked with in the past, and I've, I've told other people in learning and development, like, laziness at its finest. Like, good training looks effortless. Bad training looks effortless. It's tough to tell the difference until it's hard to tell the difference. Yeah, until until uh, until like you're not in the class anymore, or you're not the trainer. <laughs> Man, I can't tell you how many times I, I was I was a bad trainer in the beginning, just such a bad trainer. I know you're lying, Dan. Um, I am not lying. lying. Oh no, we were all bad, man. <laughs> we were all bad. So, I mean, you know, I mean, you got to realize something. The company, and I won't share the name of the company, but the company that we worked for, I, I don't know if they wanted to challenge us or they just wanted to throw us every conceivable curveball under the sun. And, you know, and it's not like it, it wasn't like, hey, we're starting out a new program or a new deck and we want you to, to look at it was like, here's the new deck. You have 11 minutes to figure this out and you've lost four already. Your class starts now. You know, they threw everything at us. Wow. How about um, any other uh, training fail specific events that you guys can uh, remember? Dan? Uh, I've got one. All right. I've got one. Hit me. Uh, this This is not my training fail. And this is part of the reason why I didn't trust parking lots. And if we've got the time, I'll share it. Uh, I had started as a frontline expert doing technical support, and uh, we were supporting a, a tablets at the time. And there was a big problem where the tablets would turn off and, and you couldn't get them to turn back on. And the we were in class and we were listening to calls and call after call after call we're listening to, we hear this problem come up and we're like, Hey, like what's the fix? What's the fix? And our trainer was just like, Oh, well, it's not anywhere official, but the real, the real fix is this. And he proceeds to tell us that there's a capacitor issue behind these tablet screens. And in order to get them to turn back on, you have to press and hold the power button on the tablet in order to like open the power channels. And then you're gonna have the customer take off their shoes when with socks on, rub their feet on the carpet or wherever they can to build up enough static charge while they're tapping the screen of their tablet. So I'm in class. Say what? Get- yeah. This yeah. is a, this is an actual fix. This is well, let's get to that. Let me oh. let me let me explain. <laughs> so I'm listening to the story. I'm an adult. 
I know <laughs> that this is BS. I'm like, uh-uh, no way. I don't care. No, no, no. There's no way. There's no way. And so it just gets dropped back into the back of my brain where other BS stuff goes on an important shelf that I will constantly remind about while I try to go to sleep. And time passes. I'm a frontline expert. I've been at this for a few months. I have a customer on the phone. We're really trying to get a fix. They do not want to get their tablet set up for service. I'm doing everything I can. And like, finally, I'm like, hey, we need service. And they're like, no, no, I do not want service. I do not want service. And I'm like, okay, I got something. It is literally the last thing I have. Do you have carpet in your home? <laughs> and there's a pause. Like, what does that have to do with anything? I understand. I've got one more series of steps I can try. Do you have socks and shoes on? Yes, I have socks and shoes on. I don't understand. I understand. What we're going to try and do is we're going to try and jumpstart your tablet. As I'm explaining the steps to this wonderful customer, I know in my heart of hearts that this isn't going to work. But it's so crazy and over the top that I'm hoping, hoping beyond hope, that once we do this, she'll see that the tablet is dead and we will set it up for service. And so I'm like, what I need you to do is go to a part of your house that has carpet, take off your shoes. I want you to hold, press and hold the power button on your tablet. That's going to help open up the power channels. And I want you to start rubbing your feet against the, the carpet while you tap the front screen of your device. What is this supposed to do? We're going to use the static charge you're building up to jumpstart the capacitors behind the screen of your device. And do we think this is going to work? It is literally the last step I have. If this doesn't work, the only other, the only other path we have is service. And she was like, I'll try anything. I'm like, great. And I am in the middle of filing the service ticket. I'm like, you just keep doing that. I'm going to tell you when to stop. I've got a timer here. It's going to count down 30 seconds. That'll let me know. I am halfway through filling out the service form. Do, 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 do. And all of a sudden I hear, oh, well, that worked. Before I can stop myself, that worked? What? <laughs> I mean, yes, of course that worked. Excellent. Is there anything else I can help you with today? It stumped me. Uh, so that is a horror story because it gave me one bad habit as a trainer. And that's the, that's the leave no question unanswered and leave no BS. And it also gave me just this like hungry knowledge. Like as soon as that lady said, oh my God, it worked. The path of my life changed. <laughs> you <laughs> like, saw the light. I did like I, I, I down on Dan Coonrod and this was a this was an Android device at the time, and I was like I have to know why this worked. I have to know, and so I dove in. I bought the crappiest, cheapest tablet I could afford. I tried to replicate it. I tried to emulate it. I tried to make it happen. Funny story, nerdy moment. It happens because the power handling tasks in the very early, very early versions of Android would crash, the device wouldn't charge anymore, wouldn't turn on the screen, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Holding down the power button for exactly 30 seconds, though, would cause the device to restart. So after learning that and then becoming a trainer, 
Like I would, that was part of my story. Like, this is why this works and this is how it works. And look, I am this font of knowledge. I am passing along the real science of how this works, uh, which must have made me just. You had me at static electricity. Uh, you had me at sucks. Yeah, I know. It was a diehard <laughs> moment. Yeah. I, well, it, what a what a great it, moment though. What a what a great lesson in humility, right? Because all too often, I you know what I see, you know uh, when I'm training trainers or my peers that you have the opportunity to do instructional ed training or ILT, you got the sage on the stage, brother. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, everybody, look at me. And it's when you realize that it's not about you, that it's about that environment and the learning that's taking place. Everything changes. Yes, you become so much better. Right. So I'm like, like eons. I am Absolutely. eons better because I know it's not about me. And those people that are just, you know, um, are you are are you training people? Or are you going to ask for money at a at a religious service? Like I, I don't I don't know the difference. Those 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 people aren't as effective because they 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 lack that understanding of what it's really all about. So what a great moment for you. Um, switching gears because I want to hear this. Like how about audience member fails? Not to pick on people, but sometimes that can happen too. <laughs> If I could, I've got a real short uh, training horror story for you guys that yes. um, that I'm thinking about. Yes. And then, yes, and yes. then I want to end with you, Glenn, because because you're a special guest and, and I want to hear more from you. But I, at one point in time, used to do events for a large organization and we would send people to Disney World four or five times a year. In order to get the tax write off, you got to have a meeting, right? So everybody shows up for this baloney meeting, right? So we can have a tax write-off. And the only thing these people are thinking about is, get me out of here. I want to go to the park. Right? Okay, cool. Well, a long time ago, I had a mentor tell me, like, hey, here's a great way to think about learning. Like, start them laughing and leave them crying. Right? So what he meant by that was, hey, do something. Show something funny. Be funny in the beginning. Because when people are funny, then they'll like you. And then when they like you, you could hit them with something deep at the end. So I always, in these events, wanted to hit my audience of a thousand people, there were a thousand people, I, I kid you not, in this audience was something deep. And I usually did the old movie clip trick. I'm going to show something deep in a movie clip, and then I'm going to come back to it, and we're going to talk about it, right? And um, so, you know, we had guest speakers, and we did something funny, you know, funny clip at the beginning. Ha, 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 everything's great. I'm MC, and we're, you know, handing off to people. Everyone's having a great time. It's the end of the show. Everybody wants to go to the park. And I go, all right, listen, before we leave, everybody, I want to show you a clip because I, I think it has meaning to this audience. And I pulled out the last minute of Rudy. <laughs> because I love that movie. I love Rudy. It is my favorite movie. I watch it every time it's on. Like when it's on, I'm watching it. And I'm going to be. I, I wanna, yeah. Can you guys go ahead, Glenn? I know where you're going. Go. Uh, it's 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 one of those. It, it is the it is the greatest sports movie. I am John Favreau in the stands, clapping away. I'm just like, I can't believe he did it. He made it on the field. Woo. <laughs> yeah, that, that's me too. Glenn, can you watch yes. that movie and not ball your eyes out at the end? 
Well, what happens is I get to the end of the movie and right where um, the guy comes out and he starts clapping and he's on the, you know, he's clapping in the tunnel. I try to do something other than watch it because then I'll be bawling my oh, eyes out. Yep. Dan, do you ball your eyes out? Oh, like a baby. Like, like a, a baby. baby. Okay. I know this, but I'm going to show this clip anyway. Right? And I made the mistake. Two big 16-foot screens with Rudy, Rudy. And I want to give a message about how greatness comes from within and how they're all great because that's why they meant there. And they, they have the opportunity to make a difference and all that stuff. And I made the mistake of watching that clip with them. And then I turned around and tried to give that speech. And it, it sounded something like, <gasps> okay <laughs> and i got a thousand people looking at me like well this is a very human moment um as shooties losing it in front of a thousand people i gathered my stuff everybody left no one said anything weeks later my boss pulled me aside he goes i wanted some time to pass but what the hell were you thinking that's basically what he said. <laughs> what the hell were you thinking up there bawling in front of people? By the way, the last time they asked me to, to do that, I, 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 I didn't emcee those things anymore. I, they put me behind the curtain. And I, and I was the man behind the curtain running stuff for events. Uh, yeah, so don't show Rudy to any amount of people if you're like me and you can't, you can't deal with it. Glenn? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I don't know where your brain was that one, but good for you for trying it at oh, least. Yeah, we A for effort, right? Yeah, yeah epic, absolutely. Epic <laughs> fail. It was an epic <laughs> I could just see you standing up there, just tears running down your face. It's like you're accepting I, an award. It wasn't like, a, oh, no. I, I And you know how it is. It, you were blabbering, like, like the blubbery, like snot coming out of your nose, kind of crying out of my nose. Half the audience is snot out of their nose, right? So, <laughs> yeah, not a very bright thing. Um, Glenn, you got one more for us before uh, before we wrap this this uh, training nightmare segment. I do actually. Uh, um, one of the things that I learned uh, when you talk about humility, we we say it all the time, and I completely agree <clears throat> that that uh, you as a trainer, it's never should be about you. You should never be the, the center of attention. Uh, it should be what you're training. So when I moved into the training academy at the firehouse or at, at the fire department, I met this guy and he was the epitome of like Joe Fireman. You know, he's, he, he uh, you know, everything was straight as tall. And, you know, I know everything about firefighting. I know everything. So I'm listening to him and... We're sitting, we're you know we're in the class and it's a whole bunch of cadets and I'm I'm listening to this guy and for the better part I kid you not of about thirty minutes it was his resume everything that he did I mean medals awards where he went to school and blasey 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 and as we're sitting there I'm looking out the window there's like uh like six giant glass bay windows like from ceiling to floor and I'm looking out at the parking lot. Because I'd have had enough of listening to this guy because he's now annoying me. So he's he's in this whole big spiel about him, the great I am. And I start to look out there and I see smoke coming from a car. And I'm like, huh, maybe it's fire. So we're listening and a few more minutes goes by and sure, sure, sure. I see, I see flames start shooting from underneath this car. So I turn around to the instructor and I was like, uh, hey, car's on fire. 
and he looks outside and he turns into this 17 year old girl just screaming oh we gotta get up we gotta do this and he starts he starts screaming for a particular tool called a pike pole which is just nothing but a really long stick and he's like we need pike poles we need pike poles and he's running around and i'm like you need a fire truck with water let's start there and so to me i'm watching him teach this class and this this class the entire class in one fell swoop lost all respect for him um because once you cut out the the once you cut out the the great i am and the resume he was left with a panicked girl because he he didn't know how to handle it how do you handle a situation of crisis that's get a fire truck we were on a fire grounds there's a lot of them here Use that moment to teach them how to put a car fire out. So to me, that's that's where I learned about it's not about me. It's never been about me. Uh, <clears throat> even when I started started working with, with Dan, I, I knew Jack about it, but it still wasn't about me. Uh, I learned that self-deprecation is the greatest icebreaker on the planet. Um, and if you do your job right, and I said this the other day to somebody, I forget who I was talking to, you, you get the aha moment the the light bulb you you actually get to see it happen to people uh you know you, you convey the information to them and and they 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 fight through it and they look like they don't know what they're doing and then all of a sudden little light goes off above their head you see it it's like oh that's great those i live for um i had a class and i don't know i don't Danny, i don't know if you knew this did you know about the class that bought me the bottle of jack daniels and the carton of cigarettes yes <laughs> you yes. did okay i wasn't sure because not too many people knew about that this was a hard class they fought really hard uh the training fails there were their own were their own like their own little fails each one of them had one uh whether it was communication skills whether it was uh policy by showing up on time i had a, i had this girl who just no matter i could tell her you need to wake up three hours before you're supposed to be here and she'd still show up late um but they were passionate and it was cool like they fought really really hard to get to this and every one of them passed so they decided that <clears throat> they decided as a group and i knew nothing about this as a group they went out and bought me a bottle of jack daniels a carton of cigarettes and i don't know if it was it was a dunkin donuts gift card for like for x amount of for x amount of dollars and i was like well what is all this about and they were just so happy that they all passed and they were so happy as me being a trainer to help them out and i'm not trying to pat myself on the back by any means but that was the and i stand and i stand on it to this day that was one of the most touching moments i've ever had in my entire life teaching some some people a group of people so so there you go man. and you got some jd and some smokes yeah, how do you go you wrong can't. with that? They supplied me with alcohol, nicotine, and coffee. There's a win-win oh at so many levels. That is so fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Glenn. Thank you. We're, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up, but I, I so appreciate your stories. Um, we'd love to have you back if you if you want to come back every once in a while and, and tell more well, stories. I, you know what? I'll, all you got to do is reach out. I'm cheap. Uh, you know, <laughs> All you got to do is... Uh, Call me up. I'll, I'll make the time yeah, to come do this. Don't worry a about bottle it. of Jack Daniels, some cigarettes, and a Dunkin' Donuts cart. I'm telling you, man, I am a cheap person. That's signal. all you need to do is supply me with the booze. <laughs> <laughs> I've got similar stories. I, I love that we can share these kind of stories. Uh, folks, if you've got some stories, training fails or training um, 
training victories, like I would call Glenn's last story. And thank you so much for sharing that. That's really, really cool. Please email us at learning nerd. Learning nerdscast at gmail.com. Once again, learning nerdscast at gmail.com. If you email us one of those stories, join in on the conversation. We'll uh, be sure to read that uh, the next time we have some training fails. With that, we're going to go ahead and get into today's leadership minute. Time for Coach Shooty's leadership minute. Okay, this is a point in the show where within 60 seconds or less, I lay some good nuggets on you today. We're going to talk about this little word called detachment. Uh, New in my vocabulary, but really, really important, especially today. We are all emotional beings, folks. We we get triggered. Uh, Just go to social media. They get triggered every day. Um, And unfortunately, a lot of people make decisions based on that moment of being emotionally triggered. Detachment is the ability to take a pause and take a break so that you can get above what's going on, above the uh, car that's on fire in the parking lot, and uh, make a decision based on logic and not based on emotion. It's not an easy thing to do, but if you get an accountability partner or two that you can call and say, hey, I've got this thing going on and I want to make sure I make the right decision, you too can get better at detachment. The better you get at detachment, the better your decisions and the more impact that you will have. And that's today's Leadership Minute. That's it. Yeah, I know. It's not too bad, right? Hey, um, Dan, why don't we go ahead and uh, wrap things up. Tell people how they can go ahead and participate. Absolutely. Guys, you can find us by email at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. If you're on Facebook, you can connect with us at Learning Nerds. Like us, participate in the conversations we got going on there. We're excited to have you there. Lastly, if you're on Instagram, we're Fab Learning Nerds. Share some groovy images, share some groovy stuff. We're excited to see what you guys have. Scott, thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. As always, Glenn, thanks so much. Again, thanks for your service. Thanks for adding some uh, levity to today's show. That that was great. Uh, I'm sure that our audience is going to love it. Any final words from you before we wrap this thing up? Um, Yeah, man. Um, Peace, love, and chin grease. It's all good in the hood. There you go. Love it, love it, love (laughs) it. Hey, folks, that's going to be it for this week uh, from the Fabulous Learning Nerds. Make sure you subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. If you like what we're talking about, go ahead. Please share this uh, with your friends. Have them come along. Email us, learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Until next week, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Glenn. And we're your Fabulous Learning Nerds, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention. Meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're, if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you think it would give it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com BE.